It's time for Cofield and Company. Uh, thank you. First and foremost, um, thank you to Mr. Davis, uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave, Patrick Graham for bringing me here and giving me this opportunity. Uh, it's never easy when you lose a, a teammate, a co-worker, uh, somebody that you're close with. Uh, we take that very seriously. But this is about the players, this is about the Raiders, and this is about this organization. And we're tired of losing. It's not a good feeling. We're a production-based business. We're about competition, being competitive, play with an edge and a swag, and a certain confidence that we walk out that damn tunnel that everybody watching TV can see it, and a product on the field is something we're proud of. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center. What? New coach of the Raiders. Crazy, right? Crazy. Antonio Pierce named the interim. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are out. GM and coach are out. Um, that was interesting. Uh, a lot of it. He's a fiery guy. He mentioned Patrick Graham brought him there. So now he's Graham's boss. How do you think the shows on on ESPN Las Vegas, Damon, would react? They're like, you know, we need a change on the press box. Uh, Danny, you're the lead, the executive producer. Uh, Ed and Tyler, you are the sidekicks now. And uh, Tyler, you're going to run the board. And this show, all of a sudden, if they're like, we love Damon, and we know around the building, uh, they love you, Damon. Um, they're like, you know what? It's not getting done, Cofield. Uh, you're like the Raiders. It's very dysfunctional. I mean, we just had a guest drive to two different locations to do his spot here. That's a fireable offense for me. Um, how do you think I would react, Damon, if you were now the lead, the boss, and I got to run the board? I get to speak every once in a while. Um, yeah, you're the boss. Hmm. I think you would ask why didn't you just fire me as well? Because that's what I'm asking about Patrick Graham. You know, everybody's oh, well, that's that's a well that yeah. Well, hey, there's a reason for a change. I'm still here. I mean, I guess that should be my mentality. I'm like, okay, well, if there's no pay cut, I mean, I my goal was not to be running the board at this point, but I can I'll I'll learn to do it. So I'll give my answer. I don't know why I asked you what my answer would be. I'd be like, okay, I'll stay on, and yeah, whatever you need me to do. So. But I, I like doing all that stuff anyway in radio, and I do a lot of that stuff. I don't run the board, but I like doing all that stuff. But it, but it had for Patrick Graham, and maybe he's just a swell guy, and he's happy for uh, one of his guys succeeding and getting the job over him. Um, yeah, I don't know that everyone could handle that from an ego standpoint. That's kind of interesting, and I won't answer for the morning show. Maybe they'll turn that into one of their uh, good promos. But aren't you surprised that when you see the press release, okay, you got Dave, Josh, they're gone. Mick Lombardi also gone. Thought Patrick Graham would have been right along with him. Maybe he's not as close, you know, as you know, as a part of their, you know, tight knit circle as the as you know Mick Lombardi was. But when it comes to you've been a part of this problem too, bud. Well, nothing should be based on recent results, but I do have to say that the Raiders defense in that game against the Lions did a hell of a job of keeping them within hailing distance. I mean, they bent a bunch. But they did not break, and there were a lot of field goal attempts. So it's only one game, um, and I don't know these guys well enough to you know, know exactly. I know he's the D.C., but how much of an influence Patrick Graham has on lining up the personnel uh, in terms of getting the personnel. So he's around. The rest of the guys are around, and hopefully the Raiders 
Well, I was going to say, I can have a good season from here. I, I just think kind of hold it together, hold a culture together, because ultimately now it looks like a, uh, Aiden O'Connell is going to be the quarterback. And while that young man wants to impress and earn himself a job or at least uh, be a number two for a long time in the league or at worst be a practice squad guy with another organization or this one, it's a weird vibe now because you don't – I mean, Antonio Pierce is going to want to freaking go um, – what are we doing now, 17 games? So he's going to want to go – nine and zero down the stretch, but as an organization, is that the best thing for the organization? The worst thing for the organization will be, um, going like five and four or four and five and finishing with eight or nine wins. Uh, it would be because also then you would have the people that say we need to bring back Antonio Pierce and I've, and I've got to be yeah, honest with you. Passaccia situation too. Yes. The worst position that you can be, is the black interim head coach because it doesn't matter how good of a job you do. You are not getting that job, buddy. Okay. So you're suggesting this isn't really Basaccia too. No. Well, it, it'll, it's going to end the same way. No matter how good of a job he does, he's not getting it, but it's all, but for me, it's just that extra sting of, Oh, they had to promote the black guy this time. Okay. That's, okay. that's the ultimate sign of doesn't matter. It how good funny. Of it. It is funny sometimes when you finally see guys get a head coaching opportunity and you're like, oh, that's right. They served as an interim in two different stints in the past. I forgot all about that. And they, uh, clearly they didn't get the job that time. Their first job was not the interim turned head coach. So as we look ahead and, and uh, we examined a lot of why we think Josh McDaniels is gone and we'll be expounding on those points over the next few weeks. Hopefully we can put that to rest and not do this for 10 weeks. As we start to look ahead at the next head coach, Damon, do you have someone in mind? Because I've shot down a bunch of the names. I don't think they're out of the mix, but I've shot down a bunch of the names. I'm not a Harbaugh guy. I don't know if he blends with MD. I don't think it should be Ritz Basaccia. I don't think John Gruden. I think it would be interesting if he came back, but he's got to have a real experience with a track record GM. I don't know that he's going to work under someone and not have a lot of the decisions power over decisions in the draft. So who do you like? Is there a name out there you like? Or, or one of those names I just shot down, you're like, no, dude, you're wrong. There's not really a name that I like. I remember last time around, Mike McDaniel, I was like, oh, that would be fun, you know, coming from the Shanahan tree where those offenses always seem to look great. But there's not a particular coordinator that's on my mind or even a college coach that I say, if they were to pluck this guy, this would be a real diamond in the rough that could turn it around. Because I know there are only 32 jobs, but is this a very attractive job? If you're, another great question. If, you're a dynamo, another great question. if you're a dynamo coordinator and you're, you know, let's say you're every, knocking on the door of a Super Bowl winning team, why not? If the Raiders are the only one that want to give you the job, why not just stay for another year? Well, what's the most important thing you need as an OC if you're going to take a job somewhere? Definitely the quarterback. Yep. And that's why Shane Steichen was probably intrigued when he heard what Ursay's plan was to grab a quarterback. They wound up getting Anthony Richardson. Now he's hurt. But Steichen gets – he's got a – at least the thought is they have a franchise guy to build around. The jobs that don't have a franchise guy are really tough. Um, and if you have a franchise guy like Russell Wilson, that's tough because he's probably overpaid. Um, if Brandon Staley fails the rest of the way – and he won't. He'll be around. He'll be around again, my guy, Brandon Staley. Um, that job is super attractive. So that's, that's another thing. Who is going to be the competition looking for head coaches? Because it will probably be the Bears and – the Bears will probably have 
a drafted quarterback who is highly thought of. The Chargers job may be open with a top seven quarterback in Justin Herbert. Now, he's already making the money, but can you build a winner with Herbert on that salary? Of course you can. So now the competition is key. So the Raiders are not right at the top of the list. In fact, you know, we're talking about Harbaugh a bunch here. Wouldn't Harbaugh have more interest in the Chargers job if it is open than the Raiders job? Yeah, that's definitely more plug-and-play at war. You know, immediate success. Doesn't have to have the rebuild. He can come in and just be the, I've won on this level before. Fellas, I know what I'm doing here. Instead of, I've got to do everything all over again. Which is something that, besides a young head coach, I don't know who would want to do that. You mentioned Russell Wilson. Who did they bring in? Sean Payton, the guy who's been there, done that. Where at least, in theory... He's an offensive guru. He's worked with a veteran quarterback before. They didn't try to get the young, hot OC that was on. Well, well they did try to do that, and, and they had Nathaniel Hackett, and that didn't work out too well. So, But this situation, I don't know who would be the perfect candidate. So I'll repeat what I said earlier about Harbaugh and the fact that he's a quirky guy. And Mark Davis is a quirky guy. And I think Mark likes having a direct line to the coach. And I don't know that Harbaugh likes having a direct line to the owner. He he wasn't, by reports and stories afterwards, he wasn't super respectful of Jed York. So in this case, if the Chargers job was open, while the Spanos family is a little bit, has been difficult to deal with. Although, you know what, they've, they've kind of turned the corner on spending money. They spend it, and it's because they have more money now, right? Their valuation of their organization is much higher in LA for that reason, that could be another one where, Hey, the Raiders don't have a quarterback right now. The chargers have Herbert. The Spanos family is probably something closer to what Harbaugh would coexist with, because I don't think he'd have to talk to them all the time. And the, the Raiders sitch, I think MD is going to want to be around the coach. So not trying to build a case where they don't get Harbaugh, but I um, mean, truth be told, I don't, I don't think he's a good match. I wouldn't want him here. Anyway, uh, an odds list came out early and you know, these are, these are lists put out by offshore books that probably have $100 limits, but at least it's some names to discuss. So I'll throw these at you, okay, Damon? Harbaugh is the favorite. Ben Johnson, the OC of the Lions, is next. Uh, Frank Smith, the OC of Miami, is after that. Kellen Moore is the OC, offensive coordinator, with the Chargers. Brian Johnson, recently the uh, offensive coordinator with the Eagles. Ken Dorsey, young guy, offensive coordinator with the Bills. And, of course, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator with the Commanders now, long time with the Chiefs. And then there's Shane Waldron, who is an offensive coordinator with the Seahawks. Any of those names float your boat? Any of them you hear and you're like, no, absolutely not. No one's an automatic no, but should try to entice me who sounded good. If you would have told me Kellen Moore, the Cowboys let him go and, he have just, and he's just taken the year off. He would sound like a better candidate than what I've seen from the Chargers this season. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I've seen mixed results. I don't like what they've got out of their running game. Eckler has been hurt, so that's hamstrung them a bit. The play calling has been very weird at times in the red zone. And yet on Sunday Night Football, Collinsworth, because Herbert was humming, Collinsworth couldn't talk more about the tremendous impact Kellen Moore has had on the offense. And I'm like, is he just a prisoner of the moment because they're playing the lousy Bears and their lousy defense? 
Like, I think Kellen Moore's been okay. I don't, I haven't seen anything groundbreaking with the Chargers offense that would tell you, oh, Kellen Moore, man, he should be the most coveted OC out there to be a head coach. He shouldn't be, but with the Cowboys, he did have a little bit of that buzz of, hey, he's, he's the guy. I mean, remember his career, he was so young as the OC down in Dallas. But I haven't seen anything from the Chargers. And, yes, I think that Collinsworth is always caught up in the moment. We saw that from this past Sunday Night Football where, you know, he was real high on the bag man, and then he goes out and throws an interception right after he was hyping him up. So, I mean, it's just caught in the moment. Let's, uh, sorry about that. Uh, coming up next, let's break down things with uh, Arash Markazi from the Sporting Tribune, from The Messenger. He'll, he'll give us his reaction to a second straight night of late-night sports news in the Pacific Time Zone a couple days ago. Uh, it was James Harden being traded, and last night, uh, again, for a lot of people, it was shocking, and it came down very, very late. Uh, the Raiders move on from Josh McDaniels and the uh, GM, Dave Ziegler. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on Cofield and Company. we got the Barry Odom Radio Show coming up in about a half an hour. Arash is in from the Sporting Tribune. We get our report for SoCal and Vegas and Hawaii as well. We will start off with Vegas. I'm going to say I honestly didn't see this happening now. Am I a fool? Uh, last night, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, and I don't mean to sound excited, but uh, they get fired by Mark Davis, and now the organization is in a bit of upheaval. Uh, what do you think? Were you surprised that it was a midseason move? I was surprised, I think, both by the timing in terms of it happening at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday on Halloween night and it happening mid-season. Um, I, but what, where things change and where you can't be surprised is if you really truly believe he has lost the locker room. And I think we've, we, we talk about that a lot, and we don't really know that for sure, but I think Mark Davis obviously has somewhat of the pulse of the team, and, and uh, whether he's hearing from players, whether he's hearing from uh, people who are uh, you know with the players saying, hey, my guy wants to be traded or my guy doesn't want to play for this guy. Or I, I think it, it had gone to the point and we saw some of it to, on the sideline. If, if Josh McDaniels has lost the team, there's no reason to continue with them. And I get the whole, he's got to pay out his contract, all this stuff. There's enough time in this season for them to do something or salvage something. But beyond that, the moment the coach loses the locker room, he's got to go. Yeah, I thought it was pretty telling that Devontae Adams, after the last loss, started to you know, express some frustration, and he was like, eh, you know what, everything I say, I feel like it's taken out of context, which, by the way, is inaccurate. But um, he is a lightning rod. He is a leader, and when he just chose not to speak, you're like, uh-oh, all right, this has gotten really bad. And they also had all, an all-hands-on-deck meeting last week, and I don't know how many meetings you uh, have had like that at ESPN or going back to the LA Times or here at Lotus, <laughs> we used to do it. Those meetings generally aren't as productive as you think when you're going into it. When all the coaches are there and the players are there and they're like, yeah, anything you want to talk about, it turns into a freaking free-for-all. I can only imagine what happened in that meeting. Yeah, and listen, at the end of the day, if the reason you're having the meeting is that the players don't want the coach, it's not going to be a very productive meeting because if the coach is there, the problem's still there. And this was a systemic problem, which is why Dave Ziegler is gone, why Jimmy Garoppolo is likely benched. It's that 
you know, th- these guys wanted to recreate something that they had with the uh, Patriots. And Jimmy G wasn't the guy. He, he, he shouldn't be the quarterback anymore. Uh, it's very clear that Josh McDaniels should not, not have been the coach. And, and, and you kind of take it all the way up to Dave Ziegler as the uh, GM. So um, that, that, I think that's the most surprising thing. Normally, the maybe the uh, GM kind of makes that call. But I think Mark Davis had to supersede the whole thing and say hey Dave if if you're still saying this is your guy and Jimmy G's your guy you're going down with them and we're going to start clean beginning of next year when it comes to firing Josh McDaniels I know that these moves have to happen but could you make a case for maybe just let them play out the season I I think so and I think that that's why I was surprised but I think it goes back to what we just touched on that if if you lose the locker room, and this is a really important point, because if guys don't want to show up to to practice, if they are so frustrated that they've tuned out this guy, there's a lot of football left. I mean, again, we just passed Halloween. It is November 1st. I mean, we got a couple more months of this thing. So if, if you're saying, hey, listen, this guy's probably going to be gone at the end of the season, it's the, the product only going to get worse. You, you cannot keep a coach on board if he's lost the team. Last season with Jared Stidham, <laughs> last season with Jared Stidham, it was okay to say, hey, let him play out the last couple of games because it is the last few games, and we all know that Derek Carr isn't going to be coming back. But with so much football left to be played, what do the Raiders do if AOC stinks? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's not a whole lot you can do in, in terms of the players, and that, that's why it's sort of sim- simple or, or – or, or it's not as hard to fire the coach or to fire the GM because you can fire the coach or GM, uh, you can pr- promote someone. Uh, the, the, there's a pretty good chance that the quarterback of this team's future is not, not on the team right now, but, but it could be. So you do have to give him that the opportunity to kind of prove himself. But, the, you know, this is a lost season, but you're going to see the, the guys play a little bit differently. Uh, at the very least, Antonio Pierce has the respect of the locker room. Like, as a former player, and I've talked to players who who played with him and, and for him, um, you know, he he's going to command the respect of this team. So I'm not saying they're, they're going to turn the season around and go on this amazing run, but if Josh McDaniels, if, if he had been tuned out, you can't continue with that guy. Rosh is with us from the Sporting Tribune, from the Messenger. Uh, do you have anyone that popped to mind immediately? I don't know if you've seen odds out there. It's mostly offshore stuff. Who could be the Raiders' next head coach? You know, Jim Harbaugh makes the most sense to me because, you know, I think you you sometimes you hear about, you know, college coaches. Jim Harbaugh has a track record of success in the National Football League. You know, when you look at what he did in San Francisco and how dormant that franchise was for a long, long time, and he turned around that program. And then his track record of – when he went to San Diego, when he went to Stanford, when he went to San Francisco, what he's doing right now, track record of turning programs around, putting them in a position to compete for a, a championship. And, you know, listen, what he's uh, being accused of or, or what he did, no one cares about that on Sunday. In the National Football League, whether you buy a player, Emil, or whether you have a coach looking at the opposing team sideline, no one cares about that. So, He's probably done in college regardless, and I think he makes the most sense here. I will say no on Harbaugh, no on a return for Gruden, no on Antonio Pierce, because I do believe that Mark Davis cares who his coach is from a 
accessibility standpoint, and I don't think Harbaugh is very accessible to an NFL owner. Um, I don't think Gruden can come back because Gruden was a terrible GM and he'll want power again. And Antonio Pierce has had his issues at Arizona State, so give him a run here, but I don't think he's head coach material right now. So that's my touche on that. You don't have to fire back at me uh, if you don't want, but I, I – I well, think it's very, Steve, I think it's, I'll just say. You do have to give me a name. You can't just tell me who's not going to be the coach. Is, uh, is there a name out there that, that you like? Yeah, I think there's some hotshot offensive coordinators uh, who could do the job. And I think Ben Johnson's one of the guys in Detroit. Um, the other thing is you have to kind of figure out if you're going to do this, uh, hey, the GM is buddies or has a connection with the head coach. I don't know how that starts. My guess is that Mark Davis will hire who he wants to hire, and then you will bring in the GM because the tandem thing did not work. And I'm telling you, it's very important for Mark Davis to have a line to the head coach. It, it just it is. It's part of his DNA, and I don't think Harbaugh would be a match that way because Harbaugh is a weird, prickly guy. Um, I also think he's going to be coveted, so I think Harbaugh is going to go into a situation where he can also be the guy who goes out and shops for all the, the goodies to make the meal, as Parcells used to reference. I think Harbaugh is going to want full control. I would not give anyone full control. Uh, you bring up a good point with, with uh, Parcells. You know, when I look back at Jerry Jones as the owner of the Cowboys, he also still to this day, clearly he's the uh, GM of that team, wants to have control. He ceded that at some point to Bill Parcells when he got tired of losing. And this is not just a Las Vegas thing. Again, the Raiders have been a dormant franchise for 20 years now. I mean, you go back to what they've done post-losing the Super Bowl to Gruden, uh, they've been terrible. So at some point in time, as much as Mark Davis wants to have that line, if he believes, and he may not, if he believes if we bring in Jim Harbaugh, and again, Harbaugh has never taken over a program or a team and not turned the thing around and made them a championship contender. I mean, again, Stanford, who would have ever thought Stanford would be competing for major bowl games? San Francisco. So there's a track record there. If Mark Davis believes that he's the guy, I don't know if he's putting himself and saying, well, but I still want that pipeline. I, I, I know what you're saying, but if he thinks Harbaugh's the guy, he may make that call. Will the Clippers win a championship now with James Harden? What do you think of the move? I don't think so. It's very combustible. I, that's my my biggest takeaway. When you watch that little uh, clip of heart of uh, James Harden walking into the locker room with the Clippers last night, yeah, and like I, I don't like nobody really got up and was like <laughs> hugging him. It was like okay, this guy's here. I mean, I we'll see how this plays out. But it's Los Angeles. It's Hollywood. It's very fascinating. Um, I do think it's a very combustible ship. I think the Clippers made this move because of this. That's another situation where you have a track record of four years where they've not had Kawhi and or Paul George healthy. And by the way, the last couple of seasons, both of them have been out. So I think what they're thinking is, well, shoot, if one or both of these guys are going to be out with, with, from, the, uh, for, for, from the team during the postseason – at least we got Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship with that team, but at least that gives them a shot. Let's talk about something more impactful to NBA business over Harden going to L.A., and that is Governor Gavin Newsom, the California governor, going to China. Uh, the first video we see is him playing basketball and just absolutely trucking a 10-year-old. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. First of all, the kid was blocking, so you got to teach him a lesson, and it's got to get physical 
Uh, did you enjoy that video? Because we enjoyed the hell out of it. That's a message to the Chinese, okay? Play the game the right way. 100%. Listen, kids got to know. You know, you got to learn how to play the game. And so, uh, listen, Gavin Newsom, these are the moments, you know, where um, where one day I believe he will run for president. So you got to make yourself seem like the common man. So whether that's uh, playing basketball, trucking a, a kid down, listen, you, you, you have to do things. Uh, to uh, to show that, listen, he can still ball. But I love that he was hooping it up in China. Send a message. Uh, definitely yeah. send a message. I'm glad you mentioned potential presidential run in the future because my guess is we're going to have a bit of hypocrisy. Uh, the same fans who are mad at LeBron and the NBA for not being tough on China probably were mad that Gavin Newsom trucked a little Chinese kid. Let's be consistent, right? Let's be consistent in your approach to China for people out there. This one, I think, is going to get him in trouble with his home state, and maybe it is time to move on. Um, I saw you retweet a note that Newsom sat down with uh, Xi, the uh, prime minister, the ruler of China, and gave him a recommendation off his love of Kobe Bryant that he really needs to watch Steph Curry. Um, Is that going to go over well with the Laker fans? No, it's not. But I thought it was interesting that uh, Xi basically brought up Kobe. Like, you know, like like, uh, as soon as, like, you know, when he – was looking for a way to connect with the California governor. He brought up his love for Kobe Bryant. And listen, Gavin Newsom should have said, yes, and you should watch the Lakers. But, you know, listen, I, I get that the, the Warriors and the Clippers and the Lakers are all in the state of California, but it's not in the Kings as well. But, um, no, listen, if you're, if you're a Kobe fan, if you're a Lakers fan, your recommendation shouldn't be, oh, by the way, you should come to a Warriors game and watch St- mm. Steph Curry. Come on now. Come on, Newsom. Clay Thompson. Get it together. Exactly, Clay Thompson. Get it get it together. Um, the Lakers are going to unveil a new court, right, for the uh, NBA tournament? So they all are. Uh, I, I, I don't love it, but I know that C- Commissioner uh, um, Adam Silver wants to have this in-season tournament, which, as you guys know, uh, will be in Vegas in terms of the semifinal and the final. So he wants to have unique courts and something that has not been revealed yet, but that I had heard from the commissioner previously, a different-looking jersey as well. So uh, when you watch it on TV, you're going to do a double-take and go, what's that court or, like, what's that jersey? So, um, listen... I don't think it's that great. I am excited about the final being in Vegas. I'll, I'll be out there for that, but uh, it's an in-season tournament. I mean, who cares? Come on now. Arash is with us. Very, uh, I don't know, he's very biting today. Very biting today. Uh, we're going to get to the material <laughs> where you're really going to go over the edge here. Uh, Arash, of course, from the Sporting Tribune and The Messenger and so many other places. Great work over the years. An expert on SoCal sports and now Vegas and also Hawaii uh, should Lincoln Riley have gone the Mark Davis route a few weeks ago with Al Grinch and made the change, or is this college football a little bit different? No, listen, first of all, Grinch should not have been back this season. When you look at what he did at the end of last season in terms of giving up over 45 points and 500 yards in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah, and then the same thing happened against Tulane. Tulane, come on, uh, in the Cotton Bowl. The fact that he's back this season is ridiculous, but they gave up. 
darn near 50 points. If Cal did not go for two in the win, they would have given up 50 points and perhaps more to Cal. The fact that Grinch is still the defensive coordinator is a joke. He should do what happened at Iowa, I believe, where they they basically said the, the, the coordinator will not come back after this season. So you basically fire the guy but say, uh, you know, he, he's going to continue to call plays. I There's got to be someone else who could call plays a little bit better than Grinch. And what a great last name because, once again, he's stolen this season from USC. Yeah, the Iowa thing is cutthroat. Uh, Brian Ferentz is the son of the head coach. Yes. They put in marks that he had to reach this season. Um I mean, they're winning. Uh, he's not really on pace to beat the marks, but I, I don't know. I thought that one was kind of weird. But it was cutthroat, and maybe the uh, someone at USC needs to be a little more cutthroat. All right, got to close on this. we got to close on this one. Uh, you've been posting some stuff on the Rangers, and you have some good ties to the 2020 World Series when the uh, neutral site was used in Arlington, Texas. I saw that they have standing room-only tickets, which I find fascinating, and I want to examine this. So while the ratings on TV for the World Series are at an all-time low, in regional markets, you can sell standing room-only tickets. There, there's, some, there's something happening here that's good for baseball, but then why is the rest of the country not interested in the series? Well, you know what? It, it goes to the problem with the sport, with Major League Baseball. It is a very local sport. So it is the biggest thing in Texas right now. It is the biggest thing in Phoenix right now. But around the country, it is the lowest-rated World Series of all time. This standing-room-only thing seems to be very much a Texas thing, or at least I've experienced it twice when I was in Texas. I was there for Games 1 and 2 of the World Series, and then the, the, the Cowboys game, where they sell standing-room-only tickets. Uh, very smart on their part to sell food and drink and shirts and hats and things like that. It does create a logjam uh, for those who have seats and are trying to go to the bathroom and get some uh, drinks. But um, listen, I mean, it, it, when you go to those markets, that's the only thing that they care about. But on a national scale, no one in New York, no one in Los Angeles cares about this World Series. We knew the number would be bad, Steve. I don't think anyone thought it would be this bad. But the games are fast. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, exactly, all told, right? we all told Manfred that that's not really what's going to really change the sport. Um, I saw you tweet out some of the food items available at the Rangers Stadium. I, I don't know how much lobster is in uh, Manhattan Beach, California, but uh, I guess because it's in Arlington, Texas, maybe it's tougher to get. Uh, they have a $250 uh, gigantic lobster roll. It's massive, and it's a ridiculous price, and this is sort of one of those things where, like, they're just doing that for show. They're just doing that so people could talk about it. I didn't see anyone purchase it, uh, but the big uh, things that people did buy were, was this, uh, I forgot the price. It was, like, $35 or whatever, this boomstick hot dog, which a hot dog was the size of a baseball bat. They served beers. They were selling beers in the size of a bat, so... Little, you know, fun <laughs> things like that. But, yeah, the $250 lobster roll was ridiculous. Seems a little crazy. All right, you know this is a show that has uh, personalities that are very much in touch uh, with their insides, their feelings. Um, Arash, look at you. Look at you. Uh, what spurred you to write about <laughs> your experience in 2020 and meeting the love of your life and then putting out publicly on the Sporting Tribune and The Messenger? So Ashley and I, uh, we are engaged now, my fiance, and I really fast-track things, you know, a couple of months into us dating, 
we uh, were watching uh, the Dodgers, and I said, "Listen, if the, if the if the Dodgers get to the World Series, the league has announced that they are going to sell some tickets, about twelve thousand tickets. Um, we're going to go. Listen, like let's go to Texas and watch the World Series. Didn't think it would happen. The Dodgers were down three one to Atlanta in that series. They came back and won Game Seven. Um, I had put myself in a position where now this woman that I was dating that I love so much was, I was going to spend 10 days with her in Texas. So it could have gone one of two ways, but it went in a very good direction. When we came back, I said, I don't want to live without you. I don't want to spend another night without you. Come move in with me. Again, this is three months into us dating. And she did move in and we're engaged now. So, but the promise we made was that whenever the World Series returned to Texas, we were going to go back just because of what it meant to us. And I joke with her, I said, babe, like, Texas has lost 100-plus games this season. They're, they're like the worst team in the league. Well, lo and behold, Texas was back in the World Series. So we went for game one, and it was great. I like the use of the word fast track <coughs> in a relationship, uh, the use of the word fast track in a relationship. Um, you have met the SO, as I call her, around yeah. being a significant other. Uh, we've been together 12 years. We're not married. I actually just told her over the weekend, I was like, you know what? If Brandon Staley, she's a Chargers fan. If Brandon Staley, <laughs> if Brandon Staley is the coach at the start of next year, we're getting married. I love that we put like because we're sports guys, like we we put these big things around sports. So by the way, this is where it kind of like backfired a little bit. We're getting married October twelfth of next year because of the significance of that date and all that. And I said, do you realize October is like the worst time of the year for a sports fan to get married? It's sports equinox time. Like all the sports are happening. Uh, you pick and choose your battles, as you know, Steve. So uh, we are getting married on October 12th of next year. I also layered, this is actually a parlay bet, so Staley has to make it the next year, um, and uh, Zach Wilson has to throw 20 touchdown passes, and we're going to get hit. <laughs> there I you mean, go. It's, it's totally doable. This is going to happen. hit that parlay. That's right. <laughs> we're going to hit the parlay. Probably not. All right, Arash, we appreciate it. Great job up on the Messenger and the Sporting Tribune, and uh, thanks for joining us on uh, today. It was short notice. Thank you so much. You're the best. I'll talk to you soon. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, less than 10 minutes away from the Barry Odom radio show here on a Wednesday. Remember, next Tuesday is the first Kevin Kruger radio show. Uh, Both of these shows are at Parkway Taverns. Kruger show next Tuesday is at Parkway Tavern in the district, and Barry Odom Show is and has been at 215 and Flamingo, the Parkway Tavern on the west side of town. Let's get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Verbal gaffes happen on radio and TV. Sometimes, boy, I'm building up the excuses already. Sometimes people my age and older Old habits die hard, and there were words that were descriptive, but also kind of mean and insulting. And one of those words is retarded. And Chris Broussard, NBA expert, yesterday was uh, on with Nick Wright and was talking about James Harden and his thought process and trying to move and... He dropped this one. Well, Nick, is the man retarded? I mean, shouldn't use that word. Let me apologize for using that word. Oh. I, I have a, a my first cousin. I, we just put him to. He died a few months ago, a month or two ago. He was developmentally disabled, so I didn't. I, I, think, I didn't mean to use of that course, word. Of course, of course. I don't. I, I apologize I think, to the audience. And everything. Oh, that's yeah. that's very kind of you. I, I don't think anyone would kill you for it. Um, okay. He immediately tried to make up for it and explain it. 
We can move on, right? Come on. If I'm Fox, if I'm FS1, I'm sitting him down for the rest of the week. What? Just just take the week off, big dog. Really? It happens. Because Nick Wright tries to offer him the lifeline, and he takes it, and the guy in the middle, who I'm sorry I don't know who, who he is, but the guy in the middle makes a face of like, mm, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you know? I would. By the way, it's one thing to try to save someone, give him a chance to you know walk it back. Um, guy in the middle who makes a face, be careful, dude. Because you could be in that position. And while people say, I would never be in that position, you never know. But you I think that's but damn, the, you're harsh. I think that's the indicator of, I messed up. If I said something on the show and you gave me a look like that, that, that would let me know. Mm. Like, a, like a fatherly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that way. Because like I said, I might do it. doesn't matter, though. <laughs> but if it happens, you know, I'm, not, I'm just saying because... I'm not. I'm not do. Everybody's so soft these days. That's not the angle I'm trying to take here. But sometimes you know you you messed up. Yeah. And it's, you know. Well, I like Chris Broussard. Uh, he does the evening show on Fox Sports National, which you can hear on non Vegas Golden Knights days, game days. Uh, he does it with Rob Parker. They had a really good discussion yesterday. The odd couple. Yes, they are an odd couple. They had a really good discussion yesterday about Harden and just how he's never satisfied. And then Rob Parker tried to turn it into, uh, this is going to affect his legacy. Like, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I was like, okay, Rob. I know Rob tries to be the lightning rod and go super out there, but Chris Broussard's like, calm down. But Harden, and we're gonna, we'll talk about him all week here, and you know, eventually he's going to blend in there with the Clippers. He is a strange guy. I don't know if he's ever happy. I hope he's happy in L.A. I guess I already saw the jokes about more clubs in L.A., and he can take a quick jaunt to Vegas, so he should be good to go. Barry Odom Show is coming up. Barry Odom Radio Show right here on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. Stick around.